joy. We hear it and we think of happiness or laughter. But true joy far outweighs any fleeting emotions. Like a beautiful garment, joy is a response that we clothe ourselves with. And at this time of year, it's our heart's cry as we bear witness again to the birth of the Saviour. And let's face it, there's not a person here who couldn't use a little more joy these days. So you're invited into that quality of joy, whether your life is full of happiness or not. It's an invitation for every person, and it's here now. Jesus is here now. This is joy. Welcome to Christmas. Indeed, you are welcome to joy today. I work with jokers. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just having to get refocused after seeing Keaton's candle. I don't know about any of you, but all I could read were the words light and fart, and I am sorry. I, I, I am sorry. <laughs> I, I work with jokers. So it happens when I'm not around and they do the video announcements and uh, get away with stuff. So I'm just pausing a moment to refocus. You can refocus with me. What is joy? Have you ever thought of that question? What? is joy. When you're asked, how many need more joy today? What do you think of? Do you think of happiness? Do you think of that experience of feeling, the lightheartedness, smiling, laughter? What do you think of when you think of joy? Yesterday, I participated in the Big Elf Run. Uh, it's a run in Vancouver, 5, 10, 15 kilometers. I did 10. I don't want to ever do 15. But as part of this run, they send you in the mail uh, a packet that includes your like race bib thing and a hat. Now, of the 1,000 participants of this run, I would say 90% got hats with bells. So it's ready, set, go. And a thousand people start running. And the sound, jingle, 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 all around Stanley Park. Jingle, 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 jingle. Farrar, jingle, jingle, not Georgia. Jingle, 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 jingle. Now, my hat that I got in the mail didn't have bells. My friend, her hat had bells. She said, I think it's going to drive me crazy to run 10 kilometers with bells. And I was like, give them to me. Trade hats. So we traded hats. <laughs> An hour of jingle, 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 jingle. Yeah. It was joyful at first. It was a lot of fun at first. And then, jingle, 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 jingle. It's a lot of jingling. Is that joy, though? Is it the temporary experience of something that makes us happy? Is it enjoyment? It is. That is what joy is. 
By definition, by the dictionary, it is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness, of calm delight, of cheerfulness. When we think of joy and when I ask you what is joy, we come up with this dictionary definition because that's what we know. And today I want to talk about the biblical understanding of joy because it takes that and makes it so much bigger and so much deeper and so much more powerful because it's more than a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. It's more than cheerfulness. It's more than calm delight. It's beautifully powerful. And that's what I want to talk about today is joy and how powerful it is for us. If it's a mere feeling, if it's merely pleasure, if it's merely cheerfulness, if it's, if it's merely these things, I don't have much control over it. And it's arbitrary. It's a bit circumstantial. It's a bit experiential. But if it's more than that, if there is something I can do to increase joy then there's some power there. The main point I'm making today, the main point of our time together, is that joy demonstrates our faith in God as we practice recognizing the grace we've been given. Joy demonstrates our faith in God as we practice recognizing the grace we've been given. The first point today is that joy is grace recognized. Joy, the word for joy in scripture, and grace, the word for grace in scripture, are from the same root word. Now, I am not Greek, so when I say this, and I've listened to the like computer tell me how to say it over and over and over again, and I am no linguist. As I've previously mentioned in sermons, I speak English, and that's it I've got going for me. So when I look into the Greek and hear the Greek, I am not Greek. But joy is kara, grace is charis, spelt C-H-A-R-A and C-H-A-R-I-S in the English translation of it. Joy and grace are from the same root Joy is grace recognized. Whether consciously or subconsciously, we recognize something that is grace to us and we experience joy. Whether subconsciously or consciously, this is the point I'm going to make today, there's conscious option of recognizing grace. That is the experience of joy, both biblically or with our faith and in the world around us. I recognize the sound of bells as something that is grace and light and life, and then I experience joy. I experience someone coming towards me with my favorite drink from Starbucks, and I experience joy. I get the gift I want for Christmas, and I experience joy because these things are grace to me. Grace whether subconsciously, 
expresses itself in joy, which means I can be conscious of grace and increase joy. Joy is grace recognized. Biblical joy means we raise our consciousness of the grace given us and the graces in our lives. We set our minds, our affections, our thoughts on the grace that is given us. And that is how we increase joy. In Luke chapter 2, Pastor Keaton mentioned at the beginning of the service that joy is also the shepherd's candle. Um, and this is why. In Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I bring you good news that will be great joy, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today is born. This good news only becomes good news if we recognize who the baby is. They can go and see a baby. Angels are like, a baby's born, go see. The good news of great joy is only good news of great joy if we recognize who the baby is and the amazing grace of salvation of healing, of peace, of hope, of redemption, of deliverance, of love. Joy recognizes the gift of grace. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. The good news of great joy. Grace and joy are intimately connected, and joy is grace recognized. I've said it, and I'll say it again. Joy is grace recognized. This morning, there was a lyric in one of the songs. It said, there is joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. One of the ways of increasing joy is to recognize the presence of God in our day, in our time, in our situations, whether in joy or in sorrow, in sickness and in health. Recognizing the presence of God in this place. The second point this morning is that joy is something we can practice. It's something we can practice. It's something we can posture our lives towards. It's something we can increase this kind of joy. It's something we can stir up and be aware of. In Joy to the World, one of my favorite lines is, let every heart prepare him room. And sometimes that song is sung so quickly, like, I love that. I love Joy to the World. I, lo I love Christmas carols. I, lo I love them. Um, and Joy to the World just flies by. And a couple years ago, um, during my Advent devotions, there was this one little phrase 
that said to slow down and read. There were three carols that it asked you to slow down and actually read the lyrics slowly because we usually just hark the herald angels and you just fly through. Hark the herald angels sing is beautifully powerful. It's incredible in its lyrics. It's incredible in its description of God. Joy to the world. Let every heart prepare him room. And we fly by them. Or for tradition's sake, we've sang them so many times, they just kind of fly by. I encourage you, consider these lyrics. This phrase, let every heart prepare him room. Joy is something we can practice. Like hope, like peace, like love, which are the other three candles in Advent. Joy is something we can cultivate. It's something we can journey in. It's something we can process and consider. It's something we can practice. In Matthew chapter 2, we have the introduction of the wise men or the magi. And we are going to pick up the story a little bit into the journey, but where we're going to pick it up before it, it says that they had seen a star and based on prophecy and and understanding, they knew it was important, and so they came towards the star. And in verse 9, after they had heard the king, they had an exchange with Herod that drew out the prophecy of Bethlehem being an important place. And so after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. This translation doesn't really do that verse justice. There's both the root, they rejoiced with great joy, is a better understanding of the phrases in Greek. There's multiple words. They rejoiced with great joy. It's the same great joy that is found in Luke 2.10. When they saw the star, they were rejoicing with great joy. They were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and with frankincense and myrrh. Their joy didn't start at the star, pausing over the place where Jesus was. Their joy was a process They wouldn't have been joyful if they didn't know why the star was there or what the star represented. A star moving and shining over a house is not really a reason to be joyful. But they knew that the star was leading them to the king. They knew the star was leading them to a place of great promise. They knew it. They packed up their camels and goods and gold and frankincense and myrrh. They packed it up and they went on a very long journey, met with the king along the way. Who knows what they were doing, what they were saying, what they were talking about, but it was a long journey and they went towards it. They prepared, they went, they went, they followed. And when they saw the star shining over the place where the child was, 
They had great joy. They journeyed. Maybe they were giddy with interest. Do you ever think about what it was like? Like, it was a long journey for them. What did they talk about? Like, are we going to get there? And there's going to be like a big king, like a whole, an adult or a baby? Like, what's going to happen when we get there? Were they giddy? Were they rehearsing? Were they wondering? Is this the star that the prophets foretold? Like, are we just seeing things collectively? They journeyed and then they rejoiced with great joy. We too journey in faith. And we too follow God's leading in life. We follow God's prompts and his development of his character in our life. We follow his leading towards relationship with people. We follow his leading in life. And we arrive at points of blessing. We arrive at connection with people that once were strangers and now are not. We arrive at places of serving, of work, of connection that once were strangers and now they are not. Once we're unfamiliar, and now they're a place of great joy and blessing. In darkness, and in trials, and in pain, and in confusion, the wise men call us to look for the star, to look for the grace, to look for God in the midst of the circumstances, to practice looking for grace. James 1, 2, and 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. If joy is merely a feeling of great pleasure, James is nuts. Absolutely nuts. To say, consider it pure joy when you face trials of any and every kind. Bananas. He's telling the church, he's preaching the sermon, like, sign, sign me up. Count it pure happiness, pleasure to face trials of every kind because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. If joy is merely a feeling that we try to feel that feeling when we're in very hard places, it's not sustainable. It's kind of crazy. You become one of those people that's just like, <laughs> I'm bleeding. <laughs> I don't want to live anymore. Like, you become... A little bit crazy. But if joy and grace are connected and we can practice joy, we stand a chance. How? By recognizing the grace we have, by being in community, by following God, which means spending some time considering where he is. What is he saying? 
Because our God is surely in this place. In every high, in every low, we have the blessed assurance that God is in this place. He has not left us alone. He's not left us in darkness. He's not left us. We may feel like that, but if joy is more than feeling happy, then we need to not bank on the feelings of God's absence. God's not here. No, that's not theologically accurate. He's never leaving us, never forsaking us. So looking for the God who is present in this place by recognizing grace. In trials, it might not be a bubbly joy. It might be just that sense that my heart is no longer downcast. I remember the day, ooh, I don't know if I can use this story. Let's try, let's try. I remember the day my Nana died. And uh, I didn't grow up with all grandparents. I only had my Nana, my mom's mom. The other three grandparents had passed before I was like really aware of relationship. And my dad's parents lived way in Ontario and we lived way out here, so we didn't really see them that much. But we had my Nana. She died uh, in 2016, so I had her for a lot of my life. And she took care of us, lived in the same community as us, and uh, we loved her, loved her. I loved my Nana. She was, um, I would have to say, she was, she was one of the crunchiest old ladies I know, like, could be mean as anything, but I love her dearly. And if you crossed her, even if you were like a Blue Jay baseball player and you did something she didn't like, she would like not like you and curse you and not watch if you were on screen. She'd literally turn off if you were up to bat. But I loved her. And uh, she went into the hospital at Christmas and died in early March. And um, the day we got the call, we were supposed to go, my sister and I were supposed to go to book club, and I got home from a walk. And she met me at the door, and she said, Nana passed. And I was like, oh, okay. So we gave each other a hug, and I was like, I don't want to go to book club tonight. And she goes, I don't either. But I don't know what to do. I can't just sit here and cry all night. So what are we going to do? And we decided then and there, I was like, I'm not going to say what movie. I'm not going to say what alcohol because I just don't want to go there. Um, but I said, let's watch this movie and let's have this drink because those are Nana's favorites. And so we did. We watched that movie and we had that drink. And our hearts, and we shared stories of what we're going to miss and what we remember. And our hearts went from to a little bit lighter. That was joy. It's one of the nights that I think of, when I think of joy in the midst of sorrow, I think of that night. When I think of joy in the midst of pain, I, I think of this one particular time where something had happened that was so devastating. I had called a few people and asked them to pray for about a week to 10 days. I called them and I was like, the next week to 10 days are gonna be really hard. Can you pray for me over this week to 10 days? And they were like, absolutely. 
The next morning I woke up and I had a friend that knew my rhythm of work and life and she called me just as I was heading out the door and she said, the Starbucks closest to your work has a remote order in your name. And she'd actually programmed it or called, I don't even know, but she had my name and a scripture verse in the label. I think of these moments of grace where people have offered something or I have considered the grace in that space. And my heart, which was downcast within me, had hope. Lamentations put it, puts it, and this isn't in your notes, this is completely for free. Lamentations chapter 3 um, it puts it, when I consider the bitterness and the gall, my soul is downcast within me, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. That if it weren't for God's great love, I would have been consumed. His mercies are new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. We can practice joy by recognizing grace. The third point today is joy demonstrates our faith. It demonstrates our relationship with God. If you can be a person that stops in the pain and per perseveres in the trials and considers the grace of God in this place and isn't a fake joy, but a sense of lighthearted lighter-hearted, not burdened, not weighed down, not pressed. Joy demonstrates our faith. John chapter 15, Jesus is speaking and he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I don't know about you, but sometimes... Keeping commands and joy clash in my brain. I don't, I, they just clash. I'm like, okay, if I keep the commands, if I follow the ways of God, what is going on in this passage? Jesus is saying, if you stay in relationship with me, that's how you remain in love. And when you do that, my joy is in you, and your joy is at its fullest. It's very similar to this Old Testament story, which is one of um, the verses that when I see it on cups or walls or any kind of wall art, I, I pause and I think, do they really know what they're saying? And you will, not, you will understand when I get there. In Nehemiah chapter 8, there is a situation going on where they're, they're rebuilding the temple and they've discovered the law, the scrolls that include all of God's ways and the covenant promises and all of that kind of stuff. And in this very long sermon day, Ezra, the, 
teacher of the law, stands up in front of the people, and the scripture records, we're not getting into all of this, scripture records at daybreak till noon, he stands up there and he reads the law. That's like me opening the Bible, starting in, let's say, Exodus 20, and just reading Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Are you excited? You want me to start reading six hours of Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy? No, you don't. But it says that the people were responding with yes and amen, and they were like invested in it, and they were being very present in the reading of the law. They were excited about it. They were being restored to connection with God. And then we pick it up in verse 9. Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. Four, the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many have ever seen that? The joy of the Lord is your strength. For a lot of my years, I thought it meant there was this like impartation of joy from God, and that's when I was strong. And so there are several points of my life where I waited to feel joy because that would mean I had strength. But when you actually look at what's going on here and you line it up with what Jesus says in John, who's the happy person in this text? The joy is God's. God is happy. God has joy because his people are relating to him in the ways that he has outlined. It's kind of akin to, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy? It's kind of like that. If God's happy, we're happy. And if God ain't happy, we're not happy. The joy of the Lord, it isn't arbitrary. It isn't externally motivated. It isn't circumstantial. It's when my relationship with God is intact and flourishing. That's where the joy comes from. And Jesus says, my joy is in you and it is complete when that is taking place. The commands feel counterintuitive because we don't necessarily like that word. But when we stop and consider what's being said here, what's being taught here, it's healthy, loving, dynamic relationship with the creator of the universe, with the one who heals and delivers and sets free, with the one who puts fruit in us of love and joy and peace, the one who is our hope, our peace. That relationship is what is being talked about here. That's what we practice. That's what we demonstrate our faith is connection with God. 
And the funny thing is, is that I don't know if you're busy right now. Is anybody else busy? Why is it that Christmas is like so busy? This past week was nuts and took a couple days into this week. It's crazy. It's just busy. And I had to put myself in time out. Has anybody ever had to put yourself in time out? I strongly recommend it. I had to put myself in time out Friday night at the end of work. I was like, going to do damage. Better go for a walk. So I put myself in time out as I was walking just up here. <laughs> as I was walking, Jesus was like, what are you preaching on on Sunday? <laughs> like, but I'm not happy. I'm not enjoying this. It's so busy. It's so, so busy. He's like, are you going to practice what you preach? Oh, mmm. Okay, grace recognized. What is gracious about this day, about this weekend, about this minute, about this light rain that's falling? God, I recognize your grace given to me and coworkers that I love even when they film video announcements like that. I recognize grace in a mom and a dad who have been together for 47 years of marriage. I recognize grace in my sisters and my nieces and my nephew and my brothers-in-law. I recognize grace in singing. I recognize grace in the Christmas carol that was pumping in the mall. Like, I love it when Jesus is pumped into the mall. I love it. I love it. I recognize grace. And I started praying and started just for a moment tuning into the God that was present in all of the busyness and choosing to not just rush through, choosing not just to make lists and get it done and then there will be joy and then there will be peace and then we'll be in January. I don't want to just get through. I don't want to just next, next, next. Joy demonstrates our faith. It recognizes grace. And that is powerful. I'm going to invite the worship team to come. Joy demonstrates our faith as we remain in relationship. Joy is a journey. It's something we practice. It's something we can posture our lives towards. It's something we can recognize because joy recognizes grace. It recognizes the graces, whether it's a cup of Starbucks. I don't drink coffee, by the way. It's always tea, which is weird, but... It's true. The main point for today is that joy demonstrates our faith in God as we practice recognizing the grace we've been given. Today and this week, let us consider the grace we've been given, both from our relationship with Christ and also the graces in this life that speak to joy and enjoyment 
Maybe that's through praising God for who he is and what he has done. Or maybe it's considering obedience to his ways. Maybe it's time in his presence. Maybe it's renewing time in scripture. Let us also consider the many graces we have in our daily lives, practicing gratitude for what we have. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that joy isn't just an arbitrary thing that we feel, that joy is a powerful connection with you, an awareness of grace. I pray for those that are in great darkness, that are experiencing grief, that are facing hardship. I pray, God, that you would shine like a star and show the way to grace. Show the way to an awareness of your presence in that place. Shine like a star in the darkness tonight, today, this week, God. Help us see grace. Help us know you. Help us increase joy. In your name, Jesus. Amen.